one definition of the glory of God is that it's, it's weighty. It, it's weighty. It's the presence of God. And, and God's presence is so powerful, it can overwhelm a person. There's no doubt. There's no, no uh, misunderstanding why God's presence, in, in His presence, darkness flees. In His presence, sickness doesn't stand a chance. I tell you what, I mean, you think about, uh, you know, like if, if I were to, you know, my kids sometimes, especially when they're little, but sometimes they still want to, but uh, when they were real little, you know, they'd jump on the bed and we play a game called Roll Squish. <laughs> that means, you know, they're real little, they lay on me and I roll, squish, <laughs> roll, squish, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, obviously, I got my elbow supporting me a little bit, so when I'm squishing, you know, I don't kill them. <laughs> Those kind of games are really not fun when the kids die. <laughs> okay, we've never had that happen, but uh, anyway, what, what I'm trying to say is, well, my weight compared to their weight is I'm real heavy, okay? I just squish. They don't stand a chance. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? And uh, when it comes to the glory of God and the work of the devil, when it comes to sickness and disease and, and all the works of darkness, every curse, the glory of God, roll, squish. <laughs> I'm telling you, big time squish. There's no fight. There was no fight in here when we turned on the lights and darkness went, put up a fight. God is light. Curses and sickness and disease and poverty and depression and worry, it's darkness. And in the presence of God's glory, it doesn't stand a chance. And he's not going to lift up his elbows. Just roll right over it. Squish. <laughs> amen amen not by human might not by human effort not by something that we're just going to work up mm, if we're smart enough we're strong enough we're going to just really do no we're just vehicles we just we just trust amen and god does tremendous things and the weight of his power and glory is so far exceedingly beyond what any type of darkness can produce in a person's life it just doesn't stand a chance. It's not even a fair game. It's totally rigged. <laughs> this is completely rigged. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm so glad I'm on the right side. <laughs> you say, you know, and after all, my dad wrote the rule book anyway. <laughs> wrote it in his favor, my favor, since I'm on the same side. And so not a chance a sickness is going to win here tonight. Not, 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 a, not a single one is going to win. Not a single one is going to overcome. But everyone will be defeated. And in reality has been defeated. And we're just going to put that into operation. Thank God, thank God he's so good. I'm in awe of him. I really am. He's just outstanding. He's just above all. He's just greater than everything. He's just stronger than everything. He's just mighty in our midst here tonight. Glory to God, wherever he goes and whatever he does, he's mighty and he's strong. Thank God. And I have the easiest job in the world. Trust. 
Woo. If you've got a Bible, I want you to find Numbers chapter 21. I want to share a word with you. If you need healing in your body, like I said, this will help you. This will stir you. This will get you ready to get it. If you don't, this will get you ready and help you and prepare you to stay healed. Stay well. Keep your faith strong. Numbers chapter 21. We want to position ourselves to receive the healing power of God. I said position ourselves. Understand God doesn't have to move. He's already in a good place. However, we may have to move in order to receive. And when I say that, say that, for us to move, I'm not talking about geographical location. You live in the wrong place. No, we need to move sometimes in our mentality. And that's what the Word of God does for us. It gives us a shift up here so we think and believe in line with the Lord. Because He's always right. Numbers 21. And verse number 4. 21 verse 4 then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way and the people spoke against God and against Moses why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in this wilderness how many know that's not a good thing to say right there does this sound a little bit like complaining like unbelief like yeah not good he said they, they went on to say for there is no food and no water do they think God didn't know that sometimes we just need to be thoughtful about this do I really think that God is going to lead me out of bondage to die I mean how does that make him look they shouldn't have been saying this and our soul loathes this worthless bread. This was their supernatural manna from heaven, right? That was coming down. Their soul loathed it. So the, so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people. And many of the people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take, that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, what happened? He lived. What did they have to do? Look. They had to look. How many know your good looks can make all the difference in the world? <laughs> your good looks can get you healed. Look at John chapter 3 with me now. John chapter 3, someone might wonder, why did the Lord tell them to put a serpent on a pole 
And what in the world did looking at the serpent have to do with them being healed? And his next question would be, what does that have to do with us? And did you bring one? (laughs) The answer is yes, it has a lot to do with us. And no, I didn't bring one. We won't need one tonight. (laughs) But we are going to look at one. John 3 and verse 14. Jesus speaking here said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Wow. Jesus said, Remember when Moses put the serpent on the pole? Just like that, I'm going to be put on a pole. I'm going to be lifted up. And whoever believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Now you might wonder, first of all, serpent, Jesus. Serpent, Jesus. That doesn't seem to jive. I mean, doesn't the Bible teach us that he was the spotless lamb? A serpent... The snake does not represent sinlessness or innocence by any means, right? I mean, how did the devil first appear to man? In the serpent, right? That slimy thing. I still really do not appreciate snakes. I don't want to have anything to do with them. (laughs) I don't know how you feel. Not for any spiritual reason per se. I just don't like them. (laughs) But here... We can see that Jesus said that, what happened with Moses, is a lot like me. But again, we think, well, Jesus was sinless. He was spotless. He was the lamb slain, but he was the spotless lamb. But how many know when he was up on the cross, he was no longer spotless? The Bible tells us in in various places, Galatians 3.13 is one example, says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a what? A curse for us. When Jesus was living his life prior to the cross, he was the spotless lamb. He was the perfect choice for a sacrifice, but then on the cross, he became a curse. That's why the serpent is a picture of Jesus on the cross. The medical symbol used today, where they show the, they have, they have a representation of this, comes right from the Bible, and the people see that serpent on the pole. What is that? That's Jesus. Amazing. I almost think, well, that sounds disrespectful. It makes me want to worship him. Because the only reason he looked like the old dirty snake is because he became a curse in my place. He took my sin and took my disease so that I could be forgiven and I could be what? Healed. Notice Jesus pointed to that example and it was a demonstration of God's healing power. Healing power. There are all kinds of things in the Old Testament that show us this. This is is one example. But I want to... I want to read one verse to you, back from Numbers again, but from the Amplified Bible. It's that ninth verse that we read, the last verse from Numbers 21 uh, that we read. And it says this, the Amplified says, When he looked to the serpent of bronze attentively 
expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, he lived. In other words, what, what we see here, and we don't necessarily catch with uh, just a quick word, looked, when they expound on the, what that word really meant, it wasn't a drive-by. It wasn't, man, I got bit by that thing, I'm dying, good, I'm good to go. They just peeked out of the corner of their eyes, saw the serpent on the pole, and bam! No, apparently it looked a little bit different than that. Those who were bit, they had to go and fix their gaze on it. And they stared at that thing. They kept their focus and they looked at it, how? Expectantly. Why, why would they do that? Because Moses said, look on that thing and you'll be healed. Why? That's what the Lord said. If you'll fix your gaze on that, that will bring healing to your body. And Jesus came along later and said, by the way, you know that whole serpent on the pole thing? Well, that was kind of like what I'm about to do. And what happens, now th- this, this is how a person gets healed today. They see their disease, their curse, whatever problems they're facing on Jesus on the cross. When we get our eyes fixed on the fact that He took it, then that means I don't have to take it. When I get my eyes on me and my problem, I'm no longer looking at Jesus with my problem. We're not supposed to both have it, by the way. I mean, one or the other. God forbid that Jesus become a curse and then I keep my curse. I mean, isn't that sad? But my job is to focus on Him, Jesus, on the cross, fix my gaze. In other words, I'm not not a quick glance, not just, whoop, whoop, just take a peek. No, I'm staring at Him. Why? Because I need to see Jesus with my problem and not me with my problem. And I fix my gaze, I'm looking expectantly. I know that while He has it, it's not staying with me. If I get my eyes off Him... I keep my problem. But as soon as I get my eyes on him, my problem begins to leave. This is interesting. Moses told him, you know, put that thing up there. Everybody come by and look at it. Who then, who was it up to then whether people were healed or not? Was it God? No, no, that's not, that's just not the way God has shown us this. This is not the way he presented. It's not up to God whether you get healed tonight. It wasn't up to God. Someone could have died and they would have been, oh, why didn't God heal me? He healed everyone else around here. How come He didn't heal me? Dude, look at the pole. Look at the serpent, man. He told you what to do. And this is why I want to help all of us tonight to get our eyes on the right thing, to get our focus. What's it on? It's on Jesus with my problem with my sickness, with my disease. And if I will keep my eyes on Him with it, it doesn't stay in me. It absolutely leads. Praise God. Amen. Now there are scriptures like John 8, 31. Jesus said to the Jews who believed in Him, if you'll continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. There's something powerful in the word of God about continuing, about not just quick glance. There's two... There's too, too often this happens, and, and many of you know who come to the healing meeting regularly that there are healings galore. 
I mean, instant manifestations. Just, just galore. Sometimes, though, that's the only time people ever look. They'll come look at Jesus for a little bit because we told them that's how you get healed. But then they leave. They think, well, good, I'm healed now. I got this. And they get their eyes right back on themselves and on this world. And they never come back until there's a big problem in their life again. It's our desire not only that we get healed but stay healed. Amen. And I tell you what, again, that's not up to the Lord. He put it in your power. He said, do this. Believe this. Get your focus. Get, fix your gaze on this and you'll get it. Amen. Let me show you one more scripture here. Maybe, maybe another, maybe a couple more. We'll see. Romans chapter 4. Same thing happening here. Same principle. We need to get our focus off of our condition and get our focus onto the cross. In Romans chapter 4, in verse 19, this is talking about Abraham. It says that he, here, it says, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Already dead, since it was about 100 years old, in the deadness of Sarah's womb. Talking about the promise of them having a son in their old age. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Someone said, how can I be strong in faith? How can I really have strong faith so I can believe this? This is real simple. By not considering your own body. Your body or your condition, or whether it's somewhat minor, whether it's severe, has absolutely nothing to do with God's promise coming to pass in your life. It is irrelevant. I am weak in faith when I'm considering my own body. I'm not going to consider my own body. I'm not going to consider how much it hurts. I'm not going to consider a, a, a doctor's report. I'm not going to consider uh, whatever it is. This has been in my family for four generations. I'm not going to consider that. That's irrelevant now. What's relevant? What thus saith the Lord is relevant. What Jesus took on the cross, that's relevant. That's why I want to focus on that and that alone. Strong in faith is very easy now. It is simply a matter of what I consider. I'm considering that whatever might be wrong with me is irrelevant. So I'm not even going to think about it. Why? When I'm thinking about that, I'm not thinking about Him. Amen. Say, well, that's a, that can be a challenge. I mean, uh, I've been thinking about this for a long time. And if I move, I think about it again. <laughs> I know, but here's what you do. You continually draw your mind back. You do it with your mouth if necessary, but you draw your mind back. And every time it... I, I've had situations like this. Uh, I've had it, times years ago where I was in severe pain. And uh, what I, you're reminded of it every time you move. <laughs> you're reminded, oh, that hurts again. So what I got in a habit of responding to my pain with my mouth. And if I got up and went, oh, I'd say, I'd say, thank you, Lord. Not for the pain. <laughs> I'd just say, thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I'm healed. I thank you, Lord, your, your power is working in me. Glory to God. What, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with my mind because I can't shut it off. Sometimes we wish we could. Ching. 
just turn it off for a while. Just operate out of the Spirit. <laughs> but we couldn't do that, so what do we do? We deal with it. We draw it back and tell it how it's supposed to think. Tell it where it's supposed to focus. Amen. We have challenges in this all day, don't we? Concerning many things in life. Hmm. I mean, chances to revisit past hurts. Opportunities to rehearse over and over again what somebody else did to you and all the problems. And you can play it in your mind a hundred times. How many know that doesn't help? What do we do? Well, the, the wise thing to do is to grab the attention of your mind and yank it off of that. Just say, thank you, Lord. I praise you. You're good to me. I thank you. You're the love of my life. You're the joy of my morning. You're the song of my heart. I'm going to praise you every day. Something like that. But bring it back to reality on thinking about things that are good. Thinking about things that are right. We've got to control our minds. And in this case, it was what they looked at. Now, we're not going to go over to the hill and look at something and see Jesus on the cross. But we see it demonstrated in His Word. And we can go there again and again and again, every single day. Now, I'm, t- I'm talking here right now about how to live this way, right? Because I'm talking more than just a few minutes here. But how to live this way is to continually bring your mind back to, no, he took it, I'm not going to take it. Now, he bore it, I'm not going to bear it. I feel, but I'm not, I'm not regarding that. No, no, no. Well, the, the report is you've only got two or three months to live, uh, well, I'm not going by that report. Amen. Somebody else can go by that report if they want to, but I'm not going by that report. I'm going by the report of the Lord that said, Jesus took it from me. And if He took it from me, it cannot stay in me. It cannot live in me. And it, it, my body is being set free even as I thank Him and even as I praise Him because He took it from me. And that's the attitude we have. Saying if I do that, my mind will be at peace. You might have to do it a few times. (laughs) Again, we're talking about continually. We fix our gaze. Fix our gaze. And say, I'll not be moved. But again, Abraham, he didn't consider his own body. He was strengthened in faith, giving how? Giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. What was he doing? I don't know exactly, but I imagined him say, Thank you, Lord. You've made me a father of many nations. Thank you, Father, for the promise you gave me. God, you gave me a word that said, I'm going to bear a child in my old age. And I give you glory for that. I give you glory. He was strengthened in faith. And he gave glory to God. Amen. Makes you want to shout, huh? <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Amen. And so you might ask the question, what you have to ignore to be healed? Uh, going back to the people uh, of Israel, bit by, bitten by these snakes. And they had to fix their gaze. I imagine, you know, there's some some distraction around them. I mean, I imagine it was pretty chaotic around there. People running all over and people in pain and trying to get to that thing. And you have to fix your gaze on it. You know, you're, oh, get away from me. How long am I going to stare at that thing until it's gone? Until I don't feel it anymore. I don't have any more issue. And there are probably a lot of distractions. Maybe people coming by saying, what are you doing? You're just, I mean, I wouldn't, you're, you're sick. You need to go lay down. I mean, you need some attention. If you stand out here, I mean, that's not going to do you any good at all. You're probably going to just die faster. Would you please come home and just go lay down? 
take an aspirin or something? I don't know. You know, sometimes that happens today. We have healing meetings. Sometimes people are too sick to come. And people will say to them, you know, you can't be going out. You're in a rough condition here. You can't be going to church when you're feeling like that. I mean, the doctor said you shouldn't leave the house. Now, I believe you should, for, if someone's under a physician's care, most of the time they should do what they say. But uh, it depends where your faith is sometimes. You know, we have Bible examples of people who went to great extremes to get their healing. In Bible days, broke the law because their, their disease said they couldn't go out, couldn't be out in public. And they said, but I'm getting healed. But I'm going to go out there and get my healing. It's that tenacity. It's that, it, it, it's that, uh, that, that courage to go out and say, say hey, the, the Lord took this. The Lord, I'm, I'm about to get my healing. Amen. Instead of playing it safe. Mm-hmm. That's kind of another message in and of itself. Playing it safe usually doesn't get people too far in life. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.21, you know this, this verse. It says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What was Jesus made for us up on the cross? He was made sin. And that day, when they were looking at the serpent, how many understand? They got forgiveness, they got healing, and they got deliverance. We know they got forgiveness. I mean, that was the reason those things were going on. They were in a different covenant, by the way, than us, so it's not the same deal. But that, that judgment had come because of their sin, because of their complaining, because of their unbelief. So they got that. They got healed when they, when they stared. They got delivered because how many know those stakes had to leave? Those fiery serpents had to leave or they get bit again. And so God delivered them and set them free from all this stuff. And this is all, again, a picture of Jesus. If this is a type, if this is a shadow from the Old Testament of something that we have today, think about a shadow. You can tell quite a bit about a person from a shadow or an object. You can tell if you saw my shadow. You can tell if I'm standing up or sitting down. You could tell, you know, a general shape, general form. Uh, if I was, maybe if I was wearing a hat. Uh, but how many know if you saw me, you don't need the shadow? I mean, why try to figure it out from the shadow when you can actually see the real thing? And when it comes to the Bible, the Old Testament is full of shadows, full of things that point us to something that's going to come. It looks pretty good. It looks interesting, but I don't understand the whole serpent thing on the pole. But when you come into the New Testament, you see in the light. And then we, but here's the deal. If they could get healed with a shadow, how much more can we get healed in the light? How much more can we get healed by looking at the fulfillment of that prophetic shadow? And that's what we have available to us today. Praise God. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to try to figure out, what is that now? What is that exactly? It's Jesus on the cross 
And it's written in, in black and white for me to see so very clearly that he took my infirmities and he bore my pain. He took my sickness. And if I will just do even close to what they did with the shadow, I tell you what, the healing power of God will rush through my body and set me free just like it did for them. They lived under an inferior covenant. They had an inferior promise. We have a better covenant, according to Hebrews, established upon better promises. And if people can be healed in the shadows, I can definitely be healed in the light, in the fulfillment of all God planned for us today. Amen. I want you to know the Lord is very merciful, very compassionate, very kind. And the Lord has made provision so your, your suffering would stop today. So your suffering would end this day. He's, he gets no benefit. He's not glorified one iota when one of us lives under a curse. Lives with a disease. Lives with pain. Say, what about Lazarus? Lazarus the Bible said that Jesus said that sickness wasn't unto death, but unto the glory of God. John 11. When did God get the glory? Only when Lazarus was raised up. God not got no glory out of Lazarus' sickness, nor out of his premature death, but got glory when he was healed. The Lord is not getting glory out of anyone's sickness, out of anyone's disease. He takes no pleasure, takes no delight, get, gathers no comfort. But I tell you what, when his children are set free, when his people are set free, when those whom Jesus died for, he paid the price for, are set free, it's when he's glorified. Amen. Amen. And we know how to do that, huh? We know, we, we know where it belongs. We, we know there's not a single person here in their own strength, in their own power, could heal anything. But by the power of God and the grace of God that is sufficient, the miracles of God flow. The weight of his glory overwhelm, overwhelms, squish the devil. <laughs> all those problems, all that pain, all that suffering. Amen, amen, amen. Father, we just thank you tonight. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We thank you for your great love. Thank you for your great compassion. Thank you for the glory of who you are. Lord, we don't approach this thing in our own strength or might. We approach these things by the grace of God tonight. And know that you're faithful. And know what you've provided. And so we operate in that. We take our step and we take our stand and we will Boldly declare who we are in Christ, authoritative, anointed, and empowered to represent you. And tonight, Father, I believe that if Jesus were here physically in the flesh, just as, as he did when he walked the earth, he would heal, heal multitudes. He would at times lay hands on every one of them, and they'd be healed. And Father Jesus, we know, is not here physically in the flesh. He's seated at the right hand of God. But we're here as your ambassadors. We're here as your representatives. And I believe that as we lay hands on the sick tonight, 
And as we do that in Jesus' name, that that exact same anointing from almost 2,000 years ago, that exact same Spirit comes upon each person to deliver them from their affliction, to set them free from their trouble, and to drive away all the pain so they can be whole again. We thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. God's so good. The power of God's present. Present to heal. Present to heal.